Well, happy Easter, capital city. Um, please stand and sing and worship with us as we worship our risen king. Intro. Out of the shadows, bound for the gallows, a dead man walking till love came calling. Rise up, rise up, rise up, rise up. Six feet under, I thought it was over. And answer the prayer, the voice of a savior. Rise up, rise up, rise up. done wrong yeah I'm the one who dug this grave Hey church, happy Easter. 
Aren't you glad that we have victory in Jesus this morning? Keep standing with us as we sing another song. Not me. 
I just want to ask you, how many have ever heard victory in Jesus just like that? Okay. You may be seated for just a moment, and let me just say to all of you, welcome to Cap City, and welcome to Easter at Cap City. We are so glad you are here. So many of you uh, that we've not seen for a while, and others that, that this is your first time. We are so happy that you're here, and I want to welcome all of those of you that are online that have joined us this morning. We are so honored that you have taken a part of your Easter Sunday to worship with us here at Cap City. If you have not been here ever before, or if this is your uh, first time in a long while, if you will fill out a connection card, it's in your bulletin, and you fill it out and just put at least a, a phone number, an email or something. We don't need your social security number. We don't need to know how many children you have. We don't need to know your income. Uh, all we need to know is your name and, and some kind of contact information. Here's what we're going to do. If you'll give that to us at the end of the service out in the lobby... We are going to give you a brand new Cap City mug that's filled up with Ghirardelli chocolate. So every woman is saying to her husband, be sure to fill that out. And so it is going to be great. Thank you for coming today. Let's just bow our heads for a moment of prayer. And we are just going to worship the Lord. And you know, the early church used to have a saying. And they would greet each other with these words. They would greet each other and they would say, He is risen. And the church would respond back, He is risen indeed. So let us greet each other this way. He is risen. All right, now let's say it like we mean it. He is risen. Yes, he is. Stand and let's pray together. Father, thank you today for this beautiful Easter Sunday and all that it means and all that it represents to us. And I pray that as we worship you and as we celebrate you, may this be a, a service that brings honor and glory to your name as we celebrate the greatest day in human history when Jesus rose from the dead. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. And let's praise God as we continue to worship.
that stone was moved for good, for the Lamb had conquered, and the dead rose from their tombs, and the angels He not only longs to spend eternity with us, but he longs to spend the remainder of our lifetime from this day going forward that we walk in freedom and know him 
Let's read together from Luke's Gospel, chapter 24, verses 1, I'm sorry, yes, 1 through 12. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And while they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood between beside them, and in their fright the women bowed with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. And then they remembered his words. And when they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their, because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending down, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened, what just happened. Intro. Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. Cornerstone, this solid ground, firm from the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are still when striving cease, my comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand. Christ alone. Sworn by the ones he came to 
Thank you. Let's give God a glorious hand. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied. Thank you, Jesus. You have saved my life from glory, from saved us from the darkness into glorious light. Look at someone and say, Happy Easter. Are you worshiping the Lord today? Amen. Happy Easter to you, too. That's right. This is my body armor, my armor man, if you don't know. Uh, he's, he's my friend. Well, for the past 40 days, for some of you that have been with us, we have been on a journey that we have called the Journey to Jerusalem. A journey, actually, that began long before we started talking about the Jordan River, but it really actually began before the very foundation of the world. And when we understand God's perfect and everlasting and amazing love, that Jesus was willing to humble himself, to come and to live among us and to walk among us and begin this journey to Jerusalem. His childish feet ran in the, the dusty villages of Nazareth. But as he grew of age, we began to follow this journey. And this journey began at the Jordan River, where John the Baptist identified him. Behold the Lamb of God, which will take away the sins of the world. And then his ministry was uh, identified, that I came, he said, to heal the brokenhearted. The journey then led to the wilderness, and in the wilderness he fought with the devil himself for 40 days and 40 nights, and yet came away victorious. The journey then went to the Sea of Galilee, where he called his followers to follow after him. Follow me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. Then he walked through the human experience 
just like we walk through sickness, sorrow, suffering, grief, death, all the things that we have to face because everything you face, he has faced. And he went through and walked through all of these things. And the final steps led to the city of Jerusalem. Now, may I just say that there'll be a few pictures here. And these are not professional pictures. These are pictures that Connie and I took when we were in Israel. But I want you to see the, the sights that, that Jesus actually saw. The first was as he was coming into the city of Jerusalem, that he saw the city of Jerusalem where he knew what was ahead. He would be arrested. He would be tortured. He would be flogged. And he would be indeed killed. After he saw the walls of Jerusalem and the Thursday night before his death, he took his disciples then to the upper room. And they say this is the very picture of where Jesus celebrated uh, with his disciples in the upper room. There in that upper room, he began to wash their feet. He began to tell them of his love for them and began to comfort their hearts. After that evening, the Bible says that they sang a hymn. And then he walked down these very steps. And he walked down these steps that led, and they say these are authentic, walked down these steps that led to the Kidron Valley and then led over to the Garden of Gethsemane. The Garden of Gethsemane there under a tree much like this, Jesus began to pray and said, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. But if it's not possible, Father, not my will, but thine be done. And he prayed, and in that very garden, he was arrested. He was arrested, and there he began in the mockery of the trial, and he carried his cross through to Golgotha. And I want you to notice, and he was carried his cross to the place that they called the place of the skull. And I want you to see this picture. It is a spooky-looking picture. And they say that is the very place where there at the roadside that Jesus carried his cross and they put his cross along with criminals and the people that passed by the roadside and passed by the way would mock and laugh and they said that the Roman soldiers would oftentimes put their criminals there so that when people walked by the roadside they would see the skull behind and they would see the one who was suffering and if you don't do as you are told, that's what will happen to you. And then his body was taken down by Joseph of Arimathea and was laid in a new tomb and a large stone was put in front of the opening so it could not be moved. And then Roman soldiers were set on the outside to guard it lest this becomes some kind of a shrine that people would come to. The Roman soldiers were there to protect against anything that could 
or might happen, so they thought. And early on Sunday morning, as Pastor Deb read to us, early on Sunday morning, the women went to the city to tell of his disciples, and they went and found the stone had been rolled away, and the angels declared the message we declare to you today, he is not here, he is risen. Some of the women went back to tell the disciples, but Mary Magdalene lingered, and as she lingered, began to wonder, and then this happened. I must return to the city to tell the others. Come with us. Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? Sir, if thou have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Mary. 
Rabboni. Touch me not, for I'm not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my father and your father and to my God and your God. As Mary stood there that day, she had to be pondering in her mind what she had just seen. Perhaps it began to roll through her mind, if this, what I have just seen, is not real, if what I have seen is a hoax, then I cannot believe anything that Jesus said. I believe then that he is a trickster, he is a fraud, if this was not true. But then as she thought a little longer, but if it is true, if it really is true that Jesus rose from the dead and that Jesus came and appeared to her three days after being crucified and she watched him die, if indeed this was true, then everything was true. Everything that he said was true. Everything that he claimed was true. Everything that he offered was true. He truly is the Messiah, the Son of God, the Christ, the Son of the living God. He truly is the God-man. May I tell you this morning, on this Easter morning, as we all gather here, we have a choice. There are some who would say that the resurrection is a lie. If we are to come to that conclusion, there are some reasonable things that you've got to think about. If the resurrection of Jesus Christ was a lie, the first thing that we must know is that every eyewitness that saw him must be considered liars. They have all lied. That means the women. That means the disciples, all of the disciples. It means those who were walking on the Emmaus Road. It means, and according to the Gospel of, of Luke and in the book of Acts chapter 1, that over 500 people saw him alive. If it was a lie, 
all of those people have to be considered liars. Some have said, well, it's not that they are liars, but they all had a hallucination. And they had a hallucination all at the same time, all of the same thing. Psychologists say the chance in that happening is one in a trillion. Feasibly, 500 people would never have the same hallucination at the same time. You must begin to think that this was an elaborate conspiracy. In fact, it would be the most elaborate conspiracy that earth had ever seen to put all of these people and call them liars. And I ask you this question, is that really reasonable? When every one of the disciples, all of them, went to their death, every one of them were stoned, hung upside down, martyred, crucified, all these different things. Every one of them went to their death. Not one recanted and said, Jesus is alive and he's alive and I have seen him and I know that it's true. In the light of the scrutiny of history. If it is a lie, let me tell you, as bad as the, as, as the culture wants to cancel anything that has anything to do with Jesus, they would have found something to kind of hang their hat on. So far, from the day he rose to this day, they cannot find a thing, and it simply says, it is not a lie, but it is true. There are others that say, well, what happened on the cross? It's not really true. Then, then the question has to be asked, what happened to the body? If it was a lie, what happened to the body? Well, there are some who say, and this is true, I'm not going to name names, but there are religions in the world who say that when Jesus was put on the cross, that God miraculously changed him from Jesus to some other form or angel, and that Jesus really didn't die. I mean, is that reasonable? His mother was there. His disciples were there. The people who literally had just judged him, the temple guards were under threat of their lives. If they let this Jesus of Nazareth get away, they would have lost their life. Is it reasonable that God would perform such a miracle? Is it in light with the teaching of Christ? No. Jesus said, I've got to go and lay down my life. Is it, in, is it in line with the teachings and the prophecies? He said, I'm going to suffer and die, and three days I'm going to rise again. If all of that is a lie, it is an elaborate, elaborate, elaborate hoax. Is it, could it be possibly... Others have said, well, when he was on the cross, he really didn't die. He, he was there, but they call this what they call the swoon theory, that Jesus just passed out. 
Now let me say, is that reasonable? When you think about what he had gone through in the flogging, when you think about what he'd gone through uh, as they put him on the cross, is it feasible? And then at the end when they came and they were going to break his bones, they said there's no need to break his bones for he's dead. And one of the Roman soldiers said to the other one, well, let's make sure so there is no doubt of anything that could happen. And so they rammed a spear up into his heart. Is it feasible that Jesus could have just passed out? Is it feasible that when they put him in the cross, even if that was the case, would he be strong enough to roll away a tomb? Who would it be strong enough to try? He would have had care for months and months and months on end. And then the question begins to ask, well, even if that was the case, who was it that appeared to the disciples? Who was it that appeared and said, touch my hands and see this myself? Who is that if that lie is is perpetuated. It takes more faith to believe their lies than it does to believe the truth. And then there were others that say, well, what really happened was that the soldiers and Pilate stole the body away so it wouldn't be a shrine. Really. You may have heard that. Does that make sense? Is that reasonable? Because you see, as soon as this story began to circulate, Jesus is alive. I've seen him. I've seen him. Don't you think the Roman soldiers, don't you think Pilate, don't you think the religious leaders of the day would have given everything they own to drag out a dead body and say, here is your dead Christ? But they couldn't because the body was not there and it was not a lie. Then there are others that say, well, it was the disciples who came and broke in and they stole the body. Is that reasonable? Could these disciples who were already scared out of their minds overcome the whole Roman guard and throw them down, roll away a huge tomb that took many men to roll away, and then take the body of Christ and hide it somewhere? Is it reasonable when you begin to think when they everyone were questioned? No. I saw him. He's alive. We saw him. He's alive. We saw him ascend back to the Father. We saw him. He is alive. Let me tell you, uh, some of you are old enough to remember the Watergate trial. And in the Watergate trial, there was a lot of talk about conspiracy and all of that thing. And from what history tells us that some had gathered together and said, we're going to keep this conspiracy alive, that it's not a problem. But there was a man, no relation, some of you will remember, by the name of John Dean. And John Dean was sitting at the witness stand, and all of a sudden, he began to crack. And all of a sudden, he began to say, no, this isn't really the way it was. We sort of devised this. 
trying to save his own skin, trying to save his own life, trying to save his own reputation. He said, I'm not going to take the fall for this guy. Let me tell you, had the disciples stolen the body of Christ, when Roman soldiers were looking at them and saying, if you don't deny Christ, we're going to put you in a pot of oil. Don't you think one, if it was a lie, one? But I want to tell you what, not one disciple ever recanted, not one disciple ever cracked, not one disciple. And the reason why they didn't crack is because they were telling the truth. He is risen, he is not here, and he is alive, and alive forevermore. If you understand that if the resurrection is not true, then Jesus Christ is a fraud and a liar. C.S. Lewis is the one who said, you, can, you are not given the option that Jesus was a good man. You're not given that option. He was either Lord, who he says he is, or he was a lunatic who thought in his mind he could save the world, or he was a liar. The option of just being a good man, if he was a good man and he perpetuated the biggest fraud on human history, he either has to be a lunatic or a liar. But there are some of us that say, no, he's Lord. He's Lord. He is who he said he is. If the resurrection is not true, the promises of God are useless. The, our faith is useless. We are still in our sins. We who have, have, have needs in Christ, have those that have lost loved ones in Christ, have, those loved ones have perished. Uh, and we understand that the battle for truth and righteousness is lost. There is no God, no hope, no healing, no deliverance. We should all just feast, drink, and live and die as quickly as we can, for there is no hope. And the worst of the worst that happens, Christians, if we, if, if this resurrection was a lie, we live a deceived life. And when we die, there's no afterlife. That's what happens. But if if the resurrection is true, and we know that it is, if the resurrection is true, the resurrection authenticates that Jesus Christ is indeed who he said he was. He is the redeemer. He is the savior. He is the good shepherd. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. He is the son of the living God. The resurrection authenticates that the words and promises of Christ are true. When he said, if you will repent, I will forgive. We have forgiveness of sins. We have healing for our broken hearts. We have abundant life, and we've been promised eternal life from now and forever that Jesus said we would never perish. If the resurrection is true, and we believe it is, it authenticates that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world and the only way to God. There are not many ways to God. Don't buy that garbage. Don't buy that lie. There are not many ways to God. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me.
the resurrection is true, then our faith in Christ rests on a solid foundation. Oh, no, I tell you, when, we, when they were singing in Christ alone, my hope is built. And on Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking stand. I want you to know if the resurrection is true, and I'm convinced that it is, Jesus is Lord. The promises of God are true. We have been, both been forgiven and delivered from sin. We, those who have died in the Lord have heaven waiting for them on the other side. The battle is worth it, for he will triumph in the end. There is hope. There is peace. There is love. This this life is only beginning to prepare us for all eternity. And when Christians are saved and when they die, they meet a loving Savior. But to those who have said it's a lie, you see, here's the worst that happens for you. The worst that happens for us is we've just lived a deceived life and still lived happy and, and we love to sing God's praises anyway, but we're just deceived people. But if this is true, every one of you will stand before the judgment bar of an almighty God. And he will open the books. And the question is not going to be how good you were or how bad you were. But the question is simply going to be, what did you do with Jesus? Have you believed in him? Have you trusted? Will you bow your heads with me for a moment of prayer? Our Father, as I come before you just now, before we proceed with the rest of this worship, will you reveal to all of us that are here this morning, will you reveal to us the truth and the reality of the resurrection? Will you reveal to us that it is more difficult to believe a lie than it is to believe the truth. Lord, I pray for everyone who has put their faith and their confidence and their trust in you. I pray that you'll renew their faith. And like on this resurrection morning, I pray that their faith will be renewed and made alive. And Lord, that somehow that the stone will be rolled away in their own heart. Lord, if there are people here who have slipped farther away than they ever thought they would. At one time, they were following close to Jesus, but today they're following far behind, and they've slipped farther away and never dreamed that they would get to where they are today. Lord, would you draw them back to yourself as only you can? Will you draw them to your side like you did Thomas, uh, not upbraiding him, not condemning him, but saying, look at me, uh, put your hand uh, on the scars, uh, put your hand uh, on my side and see how much I love you. Oh God, draw them back. Lord, if there are people here this morning that have never put their trust in Christ, they've said it all sounds too preposterous. Help them to understand how preposterous the lies really are. Help them to understand 
Lord, when they've said, I don't think this Jesus really, no one can rise from the grave. That's true, humanly, but Jesus was divine. And he gives the promise that one day he will return. So Lord, across this place this morning, speak to hearts. And with every head bowed, I wonder if there will be those, first of all, that would just say, David, I need my faith renewed today. Pray for me. Just put your hand up and put it down. I need my faith renewed today. I want my faith to be stronger than it is today. Please pray for me. I want my faith to be renewed. Amen. Is there anyone here that would say, Pastor, I've, David, I, I, I've slipped farther than I thought I would. I'm, I'm farther away today than I thought I'd be. And I've been following afar off. Pray for me that I will be drawn close to God. Would you slip your hand up very quickly and put it down? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Now, are there any here today that would just simply say, David, I really want to invite Jesus into my heart. I really want to know him in my spirit. I really want to know him in my soul. If I died today, I'm really not sure that I would go to heaven. Pray for me. Pray for me. Would you slip your hand up and put it down again? We're not going to embarrass you in any way. God bless you. Father, as we tarry here this morning, you know every heart, you know every mind, you know every soul that is here. I pray that you will draw near to them and speak to them today. That you so love them, that you gave your life on Calvary, but that your power and promises are so great that you rose again from the dead. Lord, if there are those who need their faith renewed, whether they expressed it or not, renew them with resurrection power. If there are those, Lord, that have slipped farther away than they ever thought they would, Lord, help them to feel drawn back to the house of God, back to the people of God, back to those who love them, and to a Savior who cares for them. And Lord, if there are those who came this morning and they've never fully given their heart and life to Christ. Help them, I pray, right now, just to pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I know that I have sinned. Please forgive me of my sin. And I open my heart, and I ask you to come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins, and help me to live a life that will honor you all the days of my life. I trust this and believe it in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer, will you mark it on your connection card? You can put it in the offering or you can give it to us when, uh, as a visitor that you can get uh, this cup that we have filled with chocolate for you. But God loves you. And so do we. And so I want to just say, as we conclude this portion and then conclude the service with 
the remaining of worship. He is risen, and he is risen indeed. If you believe that he is risen, let's give him a great clap offering and say, I believe it, I believe it, I believe it. I know it's true. I believe it through Jesus Christ. He is the Lord God, and we worship him. Nothing compares. 
Well, it's been good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. We're going to come to you at this time for our morning offering. And if our ushers would uh, come now. And for those of you that are on live stream, we want to thank you for joining us this Easter morning. And thank you so much. And trust if you have prayed and trusted the Lord that you will write to us and let us know. We are so grateful that you're here. And with that, we sign off with our online group and say thank you for spending this part of Easter with us. And as you give your uh, offering today, remember um, that we are giving uh, unto the Lord. And if you are a visitor or you haven't been here in a long time, if you'll give us your connection card or even if you just put it in, we'll trust you. I don't think anybody would lie about getting a, a cup. Nobody's going to do that. So if you put your information in the offering basket, along with all the other connection cards, if you made an, a commitment to Christ, if you would like to have a prayer request or whatever, if you'll put that on the card, we will be sure uh, to follow this up to the best of our ability. And so if you're visiting with us and haven't been here a long time, this is a brand new Capital City Cup, and it's filled with Ghirardelli chocolates, and this one's mine. And I've been here for a while. So, you know. Yeah, I know. I've been here for a while. But anyway, we welcome you here. So as the offering is taken, uh, we're going to be blessed by a worship song, and then there'll be one more song. And then we will conclude. Father, we thank you today 
for the fact that you are risen and risen indeed. And Father, we praise you today and we thank you for all that you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. can face tomorrow because he lives all fear is gone cause I know my redeemer lives I know my I just want to say that um, as we prepare, there's one more worship song, but I want to say a congratulations to Olivia DeMint, who has been with us since uh, this fall, and uh, are you going to be back next week or not? I'm not sure. I think, yeah, yeah, she'll be back next week, but she has just been chosen as the leader of the OCU Collective at Ohio Christian University, and will travel all around. 
We're proud of you. And her and I think still boyfriend? Yes. Okay, just boyfriend. All right. Okay. Her and Jesse, who often has played here with her before uh, and has blessed us, they are beginning a new ministry together in Gehanna. And that will be when? When do you start uh, that? May. In For May. Yes. And so I want us to tell Olivia we have loved her and we have so appreciated her being with us. Let's give her a Cap City and welcome. And thank you, Olivia, for everything you've done. We love you, kid. God bless you. All right. I think we've done about everything we can do. Um, right? I'm sure there's more. But I want to tell you what. You can't listen to this song sitting down. You just can't do it. So, and if you know it, uh, my wife and I had never heard this song. The kids love it. They, they, I mean, they know all the words and can fit the words in, which is amazing to me. Uh, you know, I just sort of, by the time I get there, they're gone. And, uh, you know, but this is a great song. You heard it early. He is still rolling stones. Let's sing, let's stand together. If you know it, sing it. the shadows, bound for the gallows, a dead man walking, till love came calling, rise up, rise up, rise up, rise up, six feet under, I, I thought it was over, and answer the prayer, the voice of a savior, rise up. this grave but you call my name you call my
happy Easter. Thanks for celebrating the, uh, the resurrection of our King this morning. Have a, we hope you have a great rest of the day with your families and hope to see you again soon. Thanks, guys. You're dismissed. <laughs>